Benvenidos and welcome to the Platform Latino podcast where we profile, highlight, and bring to the airwaves the successes of our community and those helping us to get us there. I'm your host, Osvaldo Valdez, and I'd like to thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. guys today I have a, uh, an amazing guest he, he's been in the area for, for decades he, he runs La Fonda Boricua here in East Harlem El Barrio and we're gonna learn a little bit about the history of El Barrio his, his ventures into um, opening and running a restaurant and lounge and just um, maybe learn a little bit more about the culture as well as um, what it takes to be a restauranter or club owner um, I'd like to welcome Jorge Ayala gracias Thank you very much. So, so Jorge, I like to start the podcast just to learn a little bit about your your personal history, like um, where were you born, what was your upbringing like, what, um, and just you know, just the the nitty gritty biography. Okay. Uh, well, I was born in Puerto Rico. I was born in Arecibo, the town of Arecibo, but I never lived there. I grew up in Rio Piedras, you know, in the metropolitan area of Puerto Rico, San Juan area. Um, so, you know, I grew up in, you know, my father was an architect, but he went through hell with a lot of crisis in the, in the seventies, there was a big economic, you know, fall down in the world. So he affected his job and everything else. So he did everything. He was a very religious person. Um, I am not, but he was. But I learned a lot of <clears throat> a lot of stuff from him you know, in terms of issues of respect and consideration. That I mean, like you don't have to be religious to believe in this is do the right thing. Solid you know? standards. Yeah. So you know, I turned it around in my own way, especially when I was at the University of Puerto Rico, which I was, you know, I was accepted by all the schools in Puerto Rico, even though I, my high school was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't even go to school, you know what I mean? But I took my exams, my entrance exams, and I was get. <laughs> so, so it was a, a, it was a crazy experience anyway, who I am, but, but yeah. And then I graduated from Puerto Rico in social, you know, the school of social, you know, sociology and psychology and whatever, you know, all those anthropology, you know, all, all those areas. Uh, that's really my background in terms of education, you know. Mm-hmm. At the end, you know, I was accepted when I graduated. I was accepted at Harvard. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, graduate school, you know, to do my master's. This is in the 70s? No, no, no. Well, not the 80s. In the 80s. In the 80s. Um, then I came to New York to do a PhD in psychology, developmental psychology, basically, cognitive psychology, whatever. But I had a chance to meet a lot of intellectuals, you know, throughout my life. Not only because of the school, but also because of the community, because there is a lot of intellectuals here. Mm-hmm. You know, people sometimes have a perception of 
East Harlem and Barrio that but there are a lot of artists. You can see the the paintings and the contributions and the you know the the merging of a lot of things in La Fonda. <coughs> because La Fonda it is a restaurant, <coughs> sorry. But it's a business, but I'm not a businessman. <laughs> I don't consider myself a businessman. I took advantage, you know, this place has more than 30 years of existence. With me, like 23. But it existed already in a form of, of like a fondita, you know, like for eight years, you know, before me. Uh, and it was crazy because I was doing my PhD, I was doing my dissertations, and I left all that behind to get in here. And it was just an experiment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I don't know, sounds good to me. I mean, I love cooking, so I knew, mm-hmm. but I'm not really a businessman, you know, I'm an academic. So, so what was, what was, have you, so mm-hmm. when you moved from, from Harvard is in Boston, did you mm-hmm. come straight to East Harlem and move here? Or did you no, move somewhere? First, in- no, first I moved to a dorm okay. for graduate students. I was at 44th Street. Oh, so like Hunter College? Or was it? 44th Street. 44th no, Street. I worked at Hunter College oh. later on, you know, but I moved to a dorm. Mm-hmm. It was crazy because I was at Harvard in a great dorm. You know, <laughs> I had like a view, a fire... You know, <laughs> a fire, whatever, a fireplace, you know, in my, in my, you know, in my room, you know, crazy. When I came here, it was a disaster. I'm telling you, the room was so tiny that I couldn't open the door, <laughs> okay, with, because it would knock my bed, you know, my, mm-hmm. you know, it would knock, you know, so I had to like. Squeeze in there, you know, and then the shower was fungus, man. You know, oh. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, what did the it, hell I'm doing in New York? Did it ever make you want to go back to the island? I'm sure it's oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But but the experience of New York is is special, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I wasn't alone in that trip because a lot of you know students were we were all leaving that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all living that, and we we couldn't explain that. Uh, uh, I'm talking people from Switzerland, I mean, from the whole world, you know, doing different PhDs in different areas, you know. Uh, some were psychologists, or the sociologists, or the anthropologists, physical sciences, you know, studying the universe and the micro world, you know, all kinds of things. So. So it's, it's interesting because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn mm-hmm. about myself. But to learn about yourself, you have to understand the world too. So it's a combination of things, you know. That's why I study history, anthropology, linguistics, this, that. At the end, it's to really, who the hell I am, you know? That's the story. At the end. <laughs> I mean. What is the quote, cool, I think, is um, know thyself and... Or, yeah, I forget the, the, the Greek quote, but it's like you, you learn about yourself, you, you know about everything. You you kinda you can take on anything. Yeah, and you That's take you, you learn about everything, you learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. Because it's impossible to learn about yourself if you don't understand what is going on. Um, so anyway, 
From there, I moved to Queens for two years with some, you know, co, I don't know, students, so mm-hmm. two, two, so two students, basically. We rented an apartment and we live, I lived there for two years. Uh, then, but I was coming to the barrio anyway, already, because I had the connection with Pedro Pedraza, which was the right director of the uh, language and education task force at the Center for Puerto Rican Studies in Hunter College. So, and I met him at Harvard because he was, he was there doing a project, something, and I was there. So he invited me when I came to, you know, he said, when you come to New York, come to El Centro and we'll see what we can do together, you know, basically. So I was working with him uh, and that we did projects in Harlem, basically. He had two programs. One was El Barrio Popular Education Program that was for literacy for adults, and the children's program, which was a young scientist club. And that's what I really worked with and ran, to some extent, the, the program, too, at some point. But uh, it was a great experience. You know, I became part of it with Harlem, basically. But even before that, I was already coming here and meeting the artists, and, you know, poets, painters, you know, which is what I like to do, you know. I'm yeah, not a poet, I'm not a painter, <laughs> I'm not nothing. But I'm a curious person, you know, uh, that I try to understand the development of the mind basically you know that was my focus you know mm-hmm. whatever whatever that means kind of how people think you know the, the artists the yeah the writers you know what what makes them click basically yeah, yeah how that works creativity how does that work i mean nobody there's no I mean, one definition <laughs> yeah exactly but but the thing is that you know i didn't do all the things that i could have done and i will be really rich right now <laughs> <laughs> And instead, I was exploring the the world, you know, I'm like, oh my God, why do I get into sociology, economic, political? Why? Because I, that's what I like to do, you know, that's it. And the role in, the, in La Fonda, you know, in particular, it was a project. You know, I took this little thing that had a history already, so I just inserted myself in, in the process. So I reproduced basically what was going on already. And then I started changing, adapting, creating other things and whatever, you know. But uh, but what's, what's it has been a great experience. I'm crazy, I've been through everything, ups, downs, everything in the world that could happen, had happened, but we're still here. You know, which is, um, at least we're here, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, definitely. so many years, you know? I mean, yeah, because the great. restaurant business is like one of the most difficult businesses to run and to keep alive. So even banks shun away from um, yes. investing or writing loans for for restaurants because I think it's like three it's to five vulnerable. years in there yeah. and they're in and out. So so to have something that spanned decades, I think it's 96 that it was started, Yeah, that, you know, it just shows that it's a permanent fixture and it's here to, to stay. Knock on wood, but and then so like you're 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 doing these programs, 
when was the first like what was your first experience eating here at La Fonda? Was it like you're searching for mom's cooking? You yeah, you kind of just wanted to feel at home for a little bit. A little yeah, bit. of course, of course. But back then it was even more heavy Puerto Rican atmosphere, you know, in the whole area, in the whole area, you know. It was I mean, still a lot of Puerto Ricans here, but mm-hmm. but it's different now. You know, they, they all moved to Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of gentrification mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff, so you have to adapt to also what's going on, you know. But back then, it was different. It was very, for me, it was like being home, basically. Mm-hmm. And so this became my home, you know, that's mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. know, I want to be around, Puerto, not, not only Puerto Ricans, you know, Latinos or whatever it is. You think, yeah, just la, la, la just people and, and the environment and the culture that was going on and the bodeguitas you know the trios music be illegal you know in the back you know you know yeah but that's drinking. the real that's the real real but stuff. That's the, the real stuff you know i mean it's how people live mm-hmm. in the neighborhood you know so i had a good chance to meet a lot of people but common people i'm not talking only about intellectuals which i share with them a lot of things writing you know, mm-hmm. chapters in books and all kinds of things. But, uh, and like the artists and, you know, all so, these intellectuals, but but they've come with people, you know, mm-hmm. like everybody, you know? No, no, and everybody. I, and I still hang out with, mm-hmm. with old 95 years old, you know, like, <laughs> you know, play domino with them, you know. So, and that's part of where we are. But we inserted ourselves as a restaurant, as a an institution with the Museo del Barrio, Museum of the City of New York, uh, Julia de Burgos Cultural Center, and we created together like a circuit, okay, where the cultural, we created something big, bigger than me and bigger than my, you know, than the restaurant in collaboration with other people, you know? I mean, it's just me. Mm-hmm. It's the people that you... Yeah, it's a team effort. The team effort, you know? So we were able to do a lot, a lot of stuff, and I participated after dealing with the children's programs and all that stuff, uh, you know, which was very important because it was called the Young Scientist Club. And we were working with Russia, Children's in Russia. It was the first we we had we had a donation. Anyway, we had money from the Ford Foundation, let's mm-hmm. say a million dollars, to create this program. You know, whatever. So we bought we we bought the Mac the Macintosh. You remember the yeah the, big the first Macs that mm-hmm. came in. You know the the computers, and we had a computer center in a community center here in. Casita Maria, actually, here, in, very close to here. And we had our children from the projects, basically, communicating, doing research, doing research about their community, basically, mm-hmm. and sharing with other children around the world, you know, by internet. Back mm-hmm. then, it was like very. This was a community program in East Harlem. In East Harlem. Oh, okay. East Harlem. East Harlem. See, but, but it was connected to 
eh, San Diego, you know, eh, no, University of California. Yeah, but it was for, know, for the actual community to, to have that access to other... Exactly. We were giving them access to that's, that's, things that's that That's the are, most important thing, yeah, I think, in life is yeah, access. And that's, access, that's, access. That's one of the things I like to promote and want to use with this, this platform of um, Platform Latino is, you know, maybe I have access that other people don't, or maybe mm -hmm. the people I interview have access to other people and it's all a networking thing it's a network but if you if you have that access yeah then you you can there there's a book called um outliers by malcolm gladwell mm -hmm. and it says bill gates lived in the city one of three cities that had a supercomputer mm -hmm. and so he and in his his mother worked in the foundation that housed that computer mm -hmm. so he had access to that computer <coughs> to learn how to code before millions of other people did so it's it's yeah. all about not being in the right place at the right time, but, you know, yeah. developing that access and, and sharing it with the world. Exactly, so that's what, exactly. So that's what, you, so that's you what said we're doing. With the Young, what was it called? The Young Scientist Club. Young Scientist Club. Club. It was an after-school program. Which is, which is important, too, for, for yeah. developing yeah, neighborhoods because mm -hmm. they don't have somewhere to go. Exactly. If they're learning something that has yeah. use for... Yeah. for the that's future. Then it, was it, is there any stories from working with these children that... Like your favorite story? Any famous well, young scientists? Well, I know one of them when it was very little burned the whole building, you know? He what? He burned the whole building? <laughs> <laughs> so we were dealing with a lot of stuff, you know? So, gotcha. but I don't have a, I mean, what particularly. What was your favorite moment? Like, what made it. What made you want to go back the next day and like, mm -hmm. what was the, the one thing that kept you going and gave you the motivation to keep coming back and, and working with them and running them? Well, the, the, the fact that we were facilitating and giving them some experiences that they probably would not, never have gotten, you know, at all. Mm -hmm. So it lasted a few years, you know, maybe 10 years, something like that. Well, that's 10 years of kids that had that access. So exactly, exactly. And then we moved to different places. It started before that, and we were in 103rd Street, in the basic basement. So, so you evolved, you know, mm -hmm. with, you know, and we, Diogenes Ballester was part of it as an artist in residence, basically, mm -hmm. you know, so. We exposed them to a lot of things, and that was worth it. And see, I see some of these kids are adults right now. You still see them in the neighborhood? I see some of them in the neighborhood, you know, and they uh -huh. they hug me every day, you know, like every time they see me, you know. Mm -hmm. So you know, so it's a good experience. You know, Definitely. So the, did you ever use your psychology background or it was just working with these programs and using that knowledge to... to yeah, you have to use the cognitive development because we're trying to create programs okay. that are going to develop their minds, you know, and their skills, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I cognitive psychology is basically, you know, that's the main thing, you know, like yeah. how the mind develops, how, how your intelligence mm -hmm. develops. And I had to do that. And I, you know, I study everything. To understand one thing, you have to study so many things. That is crazy. Yeah, and if you change one element there, all the data changes. Exactly. So it's crazy. But, you know, I study labor, you know, the, the impact of work, mm -hmm. you know, in, 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 the, in, in the mind and the cognitive skills and 
you know, what your routine is. Because back, back then, you know, there was those these sociologists, the sociology of work. So these sociologists were going into, like, uh, factories and questioning the repetitive work, you know, and activity. Mm-hmm. Because I was an activity theorist. That's why I went to the Soviet Union, to Finland, Spain, whatever. I went to a lot of places to talk about these programs, mm-hmm. you know, and sharing the results of our research. Because it was not just a program. We were doing research, you know, about mm-hmm. the program. Yeah, because there's some people that just write a paper and then that's it, but you're actually... No, no, we're doing research. We are doing research. I'm working with researchers, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm working, you know, my boss was a researcher, you know, know, I'm the director of the language policy and education task force, you know, so, and he was a mentor to me too, because, you know... What was his name? Pedro. Pedro Pedraza. Okay. Pedro Pedraza, yeah. He's still living in the neighborhood. Uh, and he's from here, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, actually, he moved to Florida now. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> For another time. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this is all during like the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. and then um, in ninety eight, you buy um, you purchase La Fonda, right? Yeah. So did they ask you, did they, because they knew you were connected in the community, or did you say, hey, if you ever want to sell? Yeah, they, she was my neighbor, okay. the owners. The owner mm-hmm. was my neighbor, you know, almost next to each other, you know, one building here and one building there, you know. So I knew the place. I used to come here. And I told her, listen, I'm broke. I'm broke. I have no money. I'm a student. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, come on. And she's like, okay. So how much do you want to pay me? They want to be out already. Mm-hmm. So that was not an issue. So I took advantage of that moment. So it's it's a lot of, about luck, too. You know, I mean. And I said, you know, let me see. Maybe I, maybe I can have a restaurant. Let me see. It was like curiosity. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, I want to do something else. You know, I'm mm-hmm. tired of this shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I wanted to use it, you know, in a, in a positive way. So anyway, what's a risk that I took, and she gave it to me because she basically was give it to me, you know, because I was Puerto Rican, and I explained to them that wanted to continue that tradition, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what, that's it. She had better offers, more money, and she gave it to me. Y lo cogí fiao. Fiao. Wow. On credit. <laughs> I had no money. <laughs> so did you, um? so, so the, she kind of just with full confidence said, here, take it. Take it. We'll, we'll make an agreement. The same day. Yeah. And then. It was worth. But at that time, we were like, just talking. Mm-hmm. I didn't sign anything. You know? And did you did you ever work in a restaurant or it was just kind of all. Well, as, as a young person, you know, as an adolescent, I used to work as a waiter. Mm-hmm. You know? 
from my restaurant for a while, you know. But that was it. No, that was it. That was it. No, I don't know anything. <coughs> One day, she's when I got the place, it was running. It was open. Mm-hmm. So I just inserted myself in the middle of this thing going on, you know. Like there was a process, you know, some mechanics of it, you know. They had, they had a, a cook. Because if not, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so basically, I I started me in the front, you know, mm-hmm. and her in the back. But I did change the ingredients, and you know, I said, listen, we are gonna like use this, use that. You know, we're not gonna do it the same exact way. But but only one day she spent with me here. He said, hold it. Yo, how much is the fried plantains? You know, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. She had no menu. So. Oh, she would just, mm-hmm. people come in and order and then order. she make it. And I kept it without a menu for many years. Mm-hmm. So the waiters had to tell everybody. Obviously, it was different because we had a steam table here. Uh-huh. So people would walk, you know, and they would see most of the food that we had. So yeah. when you have oxtail, you have beef stew, you have this, you have that, you have garbanzo, you have, mm-hmm. so you could, it was easier because people could see the food. It was a visual menu. <laughs> it was a visual menu, mostly. And so that helped. But I didn't know even the prices of the things. <laughs> and then she left the next day and by myself. She never she she moved mm-hmm. out of the neighborhood and everything. She, eventually, yeah, eventually. But it was basically here's the keys. Good luck. Well, good luck. That's your <laughs> problem. And I'm like, holy shit, whatever. <laughs> que cara was a <laughs> But that was hard, man. That was. Hard. Sometimes those are the best learning experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hard because you had to work like seven days a week, mm-hmm. a lot of hours. On your dealing with you know by myself basically. Eventually, I got somebody else that helped me out. Blah blah blah. You know, so mm-hmm. it started growing. But but that beginning was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. But it was a great experience, you know. And always the artist, the art has been part of this place. Okay, uh-huh. and the bohemian, you know, academic, whatever it is. Uh, just was part from the beginning. From the beginning, I had, I packed this place from day one. When people found out that I had the place, mm-hmm. because they were already slowing down, because it was growing old and mm-hmm. whatever, everybody was coming here, and I couldn't even handle. It. You know, I had to wash dishes in here, and people had to wait <clears throat> because I didn't have enough plate. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. so I had, the, the, you know, plates in the floor all over the place, you know, like, so you want to order, Let me wash give, me, plate. Give, me, give me, give me one second, I wash the plate. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Just just for some context, we've grown from there, everything's organized, clean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have no. a dishwasher, but. No, no, but, no, but no, the, of course, the, of course. The, the up and coming struggle is definitely real. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the struggle, but it was a great experience. And I always 
because I was already connected with the community. It's not like mm -hmm. I came from like the sky, you know. Yeah. So, like, I was already connected with the community with different organizations and you know, I, you know. So uh, people knew me by then. Not that much as now, but <clears throat> but a lot of people, you know, knew me. So they came, they came, and they were patient. I mean, like well, because the food was great. That's one thing that stayed consistent. Yeah, I mean, the food was great, so people would come here like crazy. So, wow. so where that's where we are now. Wow. So and then just to also to. There's beautiful artwork and all this all throughout the restaurant. And mm. it, do you guys change it regularly, right? Or every no? not too often, okay. not too often. But they're beautiful, I, beautiful paintings. You can tell that they're they're not like what you would see at the Met, but it's real cultural. See, yeah, like, yeah. These are but these are very famous artists. Mm -hmm. You know, Puerto Rican artists. You know, this is Antonio Martorell, which is very well known. Mm -hmm. uh, Diógenes Ballester, este, Aixa Requeña, you know, anyway. Wow. And then so like, so you're known in the, the neighborhood as an intellectual, you're doing your PhD at the college, you have the, these various degrees in psychology, anthropology, all these social mm -hmm. science um, studies. Mm -hmm. When did you notice people started changing from okay jorge is an intellectual to jorge owns a restaurant did you ever experience that or did they always remember your, the history or yeah they, they i mean not everybody is gonna go no I, I don't tell everybody you know like my history necessarily because i don't want to I, I, I try to re, to connect with people mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. having to be arrogant or because it, you, you know, I relate to a lot of people that have no education at all. And, and, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like make them feel like I'm better mm -hmm. because I went here or went there. You know, I don't, I don't want to get into that because otherwise, you cannot connect with them the same way. Because you are come mierda. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I try to mm -hmm. not be come mierda. You know, and connect with people because I'm learning. I'm still learning from them. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I learn from them. The only problem is that I'm not writing right now, you know, mm -hmm. or doing them using a methodology, exactly, to capture my experiences with the community. You know, a research methodology. You know, like mm -hmm. documenting things. You know, yeah, more research based, like standards. Yeah, things. yeah, you know, maybe recording conversations. You know, ethnography mm -hmm. to some extent. You know, mm -hmm. like right now I'm hanging out with a lot of elderly people. Okay, you cannot stereotype them because no. some of them have money, some of them are very intelligent people. You know, it's a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So intelligence is not about going to school. You know, yeah. intelligence is about who you are and wisdom. Let's say intelligence and wisdom is two different things. Exactly. And there is a lot of wise people that maybe you never went to school, mm -hmm. but their experience in life teaches you, you know. Yeah, my grandfather something. barely got through fourth grade in Cuba, and he, um, I would say, he was one of the most intelligent people. He probably could have gone to, you know, the the high yeah, end, exactly. you know, well-respected universities, but it doesn't mean that he's different from those people because exactly. he didn't 
do the formal education but if you can sit there read a book and learn yourself then mm-hmm. you know not everybody could do that some exactly. people may take eight hours and they they just memorize it for a little bit and other people actually learn it and and use yeah, it yeah and use it and, and apply it and just a, a degree doesn't define that exactly exactly now now if there is somebody out there listening that maybe they're running social um community programs or mm-hmm. maybe they're in finance maybe they're you know a doctor mm-hmm. what's the what do you think is like a universal trait or characteristic that you need in life mm-hmm. that you you must need to re- run a restaurant and, and that that's a successful thing well that's i don't know if i know how to run a restaurant <laughs> You, you've done well so far. So. I you know, everybody has I to survive. <laughs> so I am the worst person that, because I'm a bohemian. Define what is... I want to have fun. What is bohemian in your definition? Like, how would you define it? Well, that I like. I enjoy uh, poetry. So I would, you know, go... To ga- ga- I like gatherings, you know, mm-hmm. gatherings where... There are intellectuals from all fields, you know, and let's have a drink and let's have fun, Definitely. you know, let's and, and, and develop, because when you're sharing with all these people, you know, you are expanding your, your understanding of humanity, you know, mm-hmm. and the community and yourself. So that's what I want, but I need money though. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot be totally, you know, yeah. like I cannot hang out too much, you know. Yeah, but, exactly. But but I was able, I think, to create something that is. I mean, it's simple. It's simple because there are fundas in Puerto Rico. There are a lot of fundas out there, like mm. you know, whatever. If they, and everybody goes to the fund. Mm-hmm. Yo le llamo en Puerto Rico chinchorreo, which is like we're going to do the chinchorro, yeah. fonditas, mm-hmm. you know, chinchorros, que son whatever, una doña parada en una esquina ahí, vendiendo alcapurria, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And there is a line of people, and everybody sells you a drink, you know, like, I I don't know if they're legal or illegal, but they do it. Yeah, it's, it's one So, and Puerto Rico is full of them, mm-hmm. like, I imagine in many other places, you know, where there are informal places where to participate, you know, eat, drink, share, and that's it. Sharing is very important. Mm-hmm. Okay, here, you know, these have changed over the years, but here people, I mean, everybody knows each other. It's like mm-hmm. cheers. <laughs> It's like cheers. That is a good analogy. I've been you here know, several I times. Mean, yeah. It's like cheers. Like everybody, you know, the customers hug me, I hug them. I mean, that's the way we, we deal with it mm-hmm. because it's community and we are honest. Uh, we want to have fun because it's not all about work. Exactly. You know, it's about what you build. Mm-hmm. What you build is very important, you know, very different than running a restaurant, you know. So I, I don't know anything about running a restaurant. I just you just make it. sure it flows and, and works and, <laughs> and we are all uh, you know we are all, you know, having a good time somehow. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And and then you had a lounge at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, across the street. Was that just your 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 love for music and you wanted more space and and yeah, yeah. James had told me you had some pretty well known people come and play. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, we we done music for many 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 years. Live music, you know. Mm-hmm. And always the environment here is with music, even if it's you know. Because it's every Thursday night that that they they have a live band here. It's it's um it's, I haven't been able to come, but I just from stories and just hearing and seeing mm-hmm. on uh, social media, it's, it's a yeah, pretty, great musicians. We don't have a big budget or anything like that. So yeah, but but it's, it's more like the quality and just you're you're here to have fun, like the Bohemian nature you kind of mentioned. You yeah, yeah. Share some time with friends, have a drink, you know, enjoy yeah, yourself. Yeah. The no. food is great. I've been here a few times and mm-hmm. and never been. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointed and it brings me back home a little bit but it's just kinda, and I don't have to venture all the way out to Queens to mm-hmm. <laughs> to get some decent food mm-hmm. so it's um it, it's been a it's a, but um so let's just let's just like close it out and um mm-hmm. I'm just gonna ask some questions you can give long short but um okay. maybe we can um j- what what has kept you motivated your whole life that you learned from maybe a young young boy in puerto rico you know your dad was an architect your mother was there mm-hmm. but like what have, have you always what was like one thing that they taught you that just kept you going well, if, uh, it could be a few well, things but what they, their experience was uh they're they're fighters mm-hmm. they were fighters you know they they lucharon mm-hmm. you know and he lost his firm when he was an architect. So he was selling encyclopedias door to door. So you know? Mm-hmm. Oya, you know, Caldero. He did whatever he had to do to support us, you know, basically as a family, you know. So you could be here, <clears throat> but when you go down, you still have to survive. Mm-hmm. And don't. And a fighter never it. quits. That's it. That's what I learned from them. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yeah. And one thing also, um, I've noticed with my friends, both male and female, that cooking, especially in our our cultural foods, mm-hmm. is becoming a lost art. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends, my peers, both male and female, like it's not gender sided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to do mm-hmm. rice and beans, you know, mm-hmm. if it's from a can, maybe, but mm-hmm. but like from scratch or lechon. What do you do? You agree with this, and like, what do you recommend? Just from knowing cooks and chefs and working in the industry mm-hmm. to kind of keep this alive. What would you, what would be your first thought? Well, the culture is alive still. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the generations people, you know, it's still alive. It's just that less people are doing it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe in certain areas, more in other areas, and stuff like that. So. I mean, you have to have courage if you want to open a restaurant. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, even at home, like learning. Oh, learning to to to. I don't know. Do you have kids or? Yeah, I have two and, kids. And did you teach them? Or did your wife? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially the the ten year old, unless he's more into cooking, taking knives. Yeah. killing something you know I mean, <laughs> the whole process <laughs> destroy something you know i mean he's, he's curious like he's very man. curious so i think he's he's gonna do well. yeah he's, yeah 
Yeah, yeah. He'd probably be a businessman, not the intellectual <laughs> part of it. You know, the other one is more intellectual, more more like. Mm-hmm. And then the last the last question would be what what do you if you had to write what you were remembered for what what do you want to be remembered for I don't want you I want to be remembered <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be on on well, online this recording is forever <laughs> so this is your chance Yeah yeah Well as a person I like I that just, just as a person I mean I mean, you do things, yeah, I understand, I get it, you, you want to be remembered, but you, you want to dejar una huella, mm-hmm. somehow, in mm-hmm. the world, whatever that means, you know, so, mm-hmm. but I don't need the ego, it's not about ego, but it's about existentialism, you know, I don't know, I was, because my father was eth- theologians you know mm-hmm. so i've always been questioning i think i questioned the, the existence of god when i was 12 years old which is it's a, yeah not a, know, <laughs> I, mean, I was like i saw that because i went to church every sunday and, and the school that i went to private school was christian so i was dealing with religion you know and whatever and theology and whatever, you know, she's very young, you know. But, you know, the reality is that you have to reconsider everything, always be critical, be able to laugh at yourself before you laugh to any anybody, okay? Mm-hmm. And be critical about yourself. That's it. That's what I think. You have to be critical. You have to be Always question something. Don't take anything for granted, you know, because we live in in a false world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of communication and information that is not real. You know, that is so. Everybody wants you to think some way. But you gotta think. But about you gotta think. First. Yeah, you have to think. Hey, this is garbage. You know, this is this. This is that. You know, so. Well, yeah, I guess I answered the question. No, no, definitely. <laughs> and then this last, this last question is: um, you're on. Um, I saw the online that you 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 competed against Bobby Flay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what was your existential thought when you put jalapenos in the arroz con pollo? I don't. I even was like, I I'm no cook, but I know that doesn't go. <laughs> Jorge well, Jorge did win against him in the yeah. line competition. Yeah, yeah. But it was a great experience because that show in reality. It's a challenge, mm-hmm. but he doesn't go with the, because he's an Irish chef too. You know, he yeah. can he can come with the big bullies, you know, exactly, and kick your ass, you know. <laughs> but he wants to be himself in areas that he not necessarily have experience, you know, like so he would challenge you. Um, in my case, with rice with chicken, you know, uh-huh. con pollo, you know. Which is very traditional, Cuban, Puerto Rican, and Dominican, whatever. Everybody has some some form of. So, the 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 his this show, the throwdown with Bobby Flay in particular, is really trying to promote you, whether you win or not. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was here, challenging, you know, that by itself. So, whether you lose or not, a genuine effort, a genuine. 
So, you know, so it's great. Mm-hmm. I had like, the first year I had more than 30,000 people showing up in the, oh, wow. in the restaurant asking for arroz con That's why I don't make it no more because I'm tired of that. <laughs> I, I, I came to the point where I'm like, no, don't ask me for arroz con pollo, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Because it's a whole process to make it. Yeah, it's not. It's not like, you know. A few places I've been, they they only make it if, if it's going to be for a party of four or more. Because exactly. it just takes so much time and, yeah. and yeah, effort. Yeah, and ingredients. And, mm-hmm. You put beer, you put different ingredients, yeah. you know, it's a whole project. I'll put, I'll put a link in the bio, but um, thank you so much for taking time, Jorge. I, uh, I encourage everybody, you. if you're in New York, make the trip uptown to um, El Barrio. It's a beautiful neighborhood. There's a lot of culture here. And visit La Fonda Boricua. It's on 106. And um, this is Lexington right here? Lexington and 3rd. Between, between Lexington and 3rd. You will not be disappointed in any... Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Dominicans, that if you're in the area, this is definitely food that you, you can compare to your, your parents and you don't have to go too far. So uh-huh. I encourage everybody to come and thank you again, Jorge. Oh, thank you. Bro. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, hit subscribe and of course follow us on IG, Facebook, and all their social media platforms at Platform Latino. That's P L A T F O R M L A T I N O. Thanks again and have a wonderful and inspired day. Mm-hmm.